And welcome on in to the JR Sport Brief Show. Ryan Hickey in for JR on this Friday. Welcome. Happy Friday. We have made it, or if you're still working, almost made it to the weekend. Appreciate you finishing the week strong, getting the weekend started with us right here on CBS Sports Radio. Hopefully you could tell my voice is in a little bit better shape than it was yesterday. Uh, A lot of tea and honey, a lot of cough drops, took like a zinc cough drop too that my girlfriend has that's supposed to be even stronger and work better. So we have tried, or at least I have tried, my best here to make sure that my voice can hold up for the next four hours. So hopefully you can tell the difference and we will definitely make it to 10 o'clock tonight. I promise. Either way, thank you for making us a part of your Friday right here on CBS Sports Radio. It is not a, a very happy Friday right now in the city of Philadelphia. We talked yesterday um, about why, for me, I thought Nick Sirianni should have been fired this past, uh, not this past season, the offseason underway, but a month ago, in part because his lack of leadership referenced a Derek Gunn, who is a reporter down in Philly. His report of Big Dom, their, their head of security, not being on the sidelines, the stretch run of the season, that was one of the reasons why this team just went into an absolute tailspin the last two months of the year and why they went from 10-1 and to getting embarrassed by the Bucs in the playoffs. And now the Philly saga, the drama, the chaotic offseason that is still just beginning has taken another turn because today, finally, someone has decided to put their name uh, to these reports and deny them, and that is Eagles wide receiver A.J. Brown, who took it upon himself to call into Sports Radio WIP, our sister station down there in Philly, and try to air out any grievances and try to clear the record when it comes to a lot of drama um, that's going on right now and circling the drain in Philly since the season ended. We'll play those clips here in a second. But I go back to what I said yesterday. This is just the latest example of why if you are Philly, you should have fired Nick Sirianni. Having your star wide receiver call into a sports radio station in February, that the, the, the blame first and foremost falls on your head coach because it is your head coach's responsibility to have a lot of this stuff ironed out, to erase a lot of distractions that do pop up during the course of the season and in the offseason as well. And you look at this offseason for Philly, what has happened so far? Well, right, we know since they started 10-1, they just completely went downhill, starting starting with that blowout loss to the 49ers. Things just were uh, in a complete tailspin. There was reports of, you know, fractions between Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. The locker room was divided. No one's really getting along. There is, there is lack of trust in the coaching staff from the players, and everyone's just kind of doing their own thing. There is a lot of different reports and rumors that are circling this team that have been coming out the last few weeks and the last few months. And so far, none of it's been denied up to this point by anyone within the Eagles. And also, too, when you have so many different reports from so many different people kind of poking at multiple things, right? It's not just one thing. It's Nick Sirianni's lack of leadership. It's Big Dom's absence from the sideline. It's Jalen Hurts' big contract getting to his head. It's A.J. Brown's relationship with Jalen Hurts. It's the fact that the players lost trust in the coaching staff. There are a lot of reports that touch on a lot of different areas that when you watch the Eagles the last few weeks of the year, pop out and be like, yeah, that makes sense. Why are they losing to the Giants? Why are they getting, you know, 
why the, why can't the defense stop Kyler Murray in this Cardinals offense late in the year? Because they don't like each other. They don't trust each other. They don't, the, the players don't trust the coaches. Coaches don't trust each other. Nick Sirianni's popping off like a firecracker on the sideline, yelling at everyone and anyone that's in his sight. That starts with the head coach. And it also starts with the head coach, not just for not being able to put a clamp on these rumors, but also think about it. If all of it makes sense, right, all these different reports that we have heard make sense when you when you watch the Eagles. Well, that should mean then, well, that means they're coming from educated sources, right? Like these aren't reports that were pulling out of thin air that Joe Schmo is just making up to get, you know, some clickbait article of, oh, read my stories. I'm just going to make up that A.J. Brown hates Jalen Hurts with no evidence whatsoever. I surmise all these different reports as leaks. As guys within the organization, players, coaches, support staff, you name it, trying to air out their frustrations, are seeing it happen, seeing that no one really knows what's going on and want to kind of shed some light without getting in trouble themselves, shed some light on truly what is the issue with this talented but flawed team. And those leaks, I think, are coming out because within the organization, there's a lack of trust that Nick Sirianni is the guy to get this team back on track. Like, if you had true faith in your head coach that he'd be able this offseason to right the ship, to make things right again, to make sure everyone's on the same page, the trust is back, the belief is back, everyone in the locker room is getting along, if there's drama, it's squashed. I don't think we're hearing anything about Philly this offseason. They are just like any any of the other 32 teams right now where you look at the NFL, the, site, the news cycle right now as you get ready for the scouting combine at least around NFL teams, is pretty quiet, right? It's You hear what? Justin Fields' feature. Steelers with their quarterback. That's about it. And now you have the Eagles constantly, week in, week out, having different rumors surface about why their season went completely to hell. And I, again, circle all the blame back on their head coach, Nick Sirianni. And today was the latest example where you have to have your star wide receiver gets so fed up about what's going on this offseason that he feels the need to call in and himself, because no one else is doing it, himself, try to put to bed all these rumors. So let's play what A.J. Brown said, because there's a lot that he touched on. He's on WIP for almost 20 minutes, which, by the way, in one sense, I think is really cool. The guy respect the hell out of A.J. Brown just for saying, you know what? These rumors are going on. I've had enough of it. I'm going to go on the record. If no one else is going to do it, I'm going to go on the record and, and kind of right the wrongs here and take control. That, to me, is a true leader. I give A.J. Brown credit. But speaking of which, let's start then with the biggest question. Again, you watch the Eagles after starting 10-1. and They look like a team that was disjointed. I mean, you watch Week 18 against the Giants, where Terod Taylor and that skeleton of a Giants team put a whooping on the Eagles. That right there is enough to tell you they don't like each other. Well, A.J. Brown was asked basically what the locker room chemistry is like, and he said, nothing to see here, all is well. Yeah, the locker room was fine after the season, whatever. I just said players wasn't executed, like I said in the interview. That's what it came down to. I think the media kind of ran with the coaches. The coaches fault. The coaches didn't prepare us and this and that. I never blame the coaches. I'm, I'm not the person to blame the coach. I'm not trying to blame anyone. You know, uh, I, I'm the guy who's going to look in the mirror and going to challenge everybody else. Like, it was the players not executing, and that's what happened. Two things here. Number one, I, I respect A.J. Brown trying to put to bed the rumors. But by doing so, he's lying through his teeth. 
I do not believe him one second there. I respect that he's not, like, he has the opportunity, if he wanted to, to throw everybody under the bus. Could have thrown Jalen Hurts under the bus. Could have thrown Nick Sirianni under the bus. Could have thrown the former offense coordinator, Brian Johnson, under the bus. He could have, if he wanted to, blamed everyone but himself in that interview. He took the high road and said, all is well. The media is blaming, you know, making this a bigger deal. We, we never lost faith in the coaching staff. Our locker room is fine. I appreciate that he's trying to put water on the flames instead of gasoline. With that said, no shot in hell he's telling the truth. He is lying right there. I mean, again, you watch these, these games. They are so broken. Where A.J. Brown even admitted himself a few weeks after that Seahawks Monday night game, which Drew Locke, right, had the game of his life, leads a comeback victory on Monday night football. The last drive of the game where, a, uh, where after the Seahawks score, the Eagles have a chance to answer and to tie or win the game, the Eagles are driving and Jalen Hurts throws an interception. And after, I think it was not even after the game, it was like a few weeks after that, A.J. Brown came out and admitted, yeah, we kind of did our own thing. The coaches told us one thing, we freelanced. That right there tells you the players don't trust the coaches. And that, to me, again, falls on Nick Sirianni. When you are not the one calling the plays, when you are more of a CEO, head coach, where you're supposed to be the leader, the adult in the room, you're supposed to put out any fire that starts, he instead just poured more gasoline. Did a horrible job of trying to put the fire out. Fan the flames instead of stopping them out. And that's what I think continued to lead to just this erosion in the locker room where there clearly was something. There are some rumors out there. I'm not going to get to them because they are rumors, salacious. But either way, they're they're not really being reported on and nothing's been facted. So I'm not going to spread misinformation. But there are rumors out there that this locker room is divided and that players didn't like each other. But you just watch the tape. The, the game told you that. The playoff game. I mean, the Eagles, if you just go back and watch the first five minutes of the eagles Bucks wild card game on Monday night, that game tells you all you need to know about how the Eagles feel about each other. They treated that game like it was a week three preseason game in August. Like they were counting down the days to get to Labor Day weekend, get a little bit of a break, and have a three-day weekend. They mailed in a playoff game. That shows a fractured locker room. AJ Brown could say everything is is fine. Everything is not fine. And I hope Nick Sirianni behind the scenes is doing whatever he can to make sure that whatever, again, whatever fracture, whatever drama, whatever issue or issues that have popped up between players and the coaching staff and also between players is solved by the time training camp next year comes. Because if not, I talked about it yesterday. The, the hiring of Kellen Moore and the hiring of Vic Fangio as your offensive and defensive coordinators, respectively, are meaningless. If you, first and foremost, don't fix right now with what's going on in this locker room. AJ Brown could tell you it's all well and good and fine. Not the case. Our eyes alone. We don't have to even be in the locker room or be a TMZ reporter. Our eyes alone told us not everything is going well. I think a big reason why they collapsed was just lack of trust and also some sort of frustration. But, hey, why take it from me? Let's take it from A.J. Brown, who was asked that question. A.J., what the hell happened the last two months of the season? Here's his answer. You see me getting upset on the sideline, and you automatically think it's about it's about targets. No, no, what if, what if I'm holding my players accountable? Mm-hmm. What, if, what if I'm the guy that 
pushes everybody in the locker room, make people uncomfortable to try to better themselves for the team. What if I'm that guy? That was A.J. Brown talking about his frustration. We'll get to that here in a second. But what I was talking about before was down the stretch, too much of the season, Eagles losing every game. A.J. Brown, why is it happening? Here's his answer. When stuff started to really unravel and stuff like that, stuff started to not go as planned, then you saw you saw what was happening. And then, like I said earlier, it was a domino effect, and it was trying to stop the bleed, and it was just everything was just going too fast at that point. Everything was going too fast, domino effect again. That's on your coach to figure it out and get the ship righted. Look at, again, I keep pointing at the Chiefs, but I'm going to keep pointing at the Chiefs because that is a championship organization with a championship head coach in Andy Reid. Were things smooth sailing for Kansas City this year? I mean, that Eagles game, that Monday night game which the Eagles went into Kansas City and won, the last time they looked good. On that Monday night game, you had receivers dropping the football. You've had Kadarius Tony act like a total idiot multiple times. Offensive line has had issues. Like that Chiefs team, multiple times throughout the year, we're talking about, oh, they don't look very good. They kind of look off schedule. There, there's a you know a divide between maybe the quarterback and the receivers. Not everyone's on the same page. There's frustration there. What did Andy Reid do? Never allowed the locker room to splinter. He, Patrick Mahomes, would have been well within their right. Say, screw you, MVS. Screw you, Kadarius Tony. You can't catch. We're putting you on the bench. Take the Aaron Rodgers route. Guys aren't producing. Bench them. Put someone else in. Easily and justified to take that route with how bad these receivers were for the most part of the season. But great head coaches don't allow your team to splinter. And you hear A.J. Brown saying it. It got to a point where it's just like the avalanche is going. Things got too fast. That is a lack of leadership. That needs to start at the head coach. And clearly, it didn't. Last thing here we'll talk, or I should say hear from A.J. Brown, because... What was talked about as well was his relationship with Jalen Hurts. Is it fractured? Is Jalen Hurts' head getting too big with now his big contract? A.J. Brown asked about his relationship with his quarterback. Here's his answer. You know, I think that's total BS. You know, I'm not going to get into me and his relationship uh, on the air, but it's total BS. You know what I'm saying? Uh, It wasn't a problem when I was on my six-game streak. It wasn't wasn't talking about that then. So they, they only started talking about that when we started losing. Well, part of the reason why they talk about it when you're losing is because there's clearly a disconnect. You are frustrated. Jalen's frustrated. The offense this year never looked like never looked like it's supposed to. Even when they started ten and one, you're watching the Eagles, and it's like, oh, this, this looks off. Something something's wrong here. Nothing was clicking the way it was in 2022. I also think that's part of the of what doomed this Eagles team. I truly think deep down they went into 2022, or I should should say, sorry, they went into 2023, assuming things were going to roll over from 2022, where they were going to pick up right where they left off, playing great football, and that it was just going to be a breeze. They're going to blow everybody out again. The offense is going to be one of the best in the league. Jalen Hurts is going to continue to be an MVP candidate. That defense is going to be, you know, sacking the quarterback at a record-breaking pace, and that they're going to go right back to the Super Bowl easy-peasy. They were not ready for a challenge. They were not ready to get punched in the mouth. And you saw, starting with San Francisco, once they got punched in the mouth, no answer. For me, first and foremost, that falls on the head coach. 
And that's why I think it's a big mistake the Eagles are bringing back Nick Sirianni. But here's what I want to ask you at 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. They're not firing Nick Sirianni. I could sit here and tell you they should. They brought him back. Right? It's not going to happen. So we're going to move on past that. But now you look at other issues. A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts. Should either be traded this offseason? Should the Eagles look at and pull the trigger on trading either their quarterback or their star wide receiver in order to fix the chemistry issues that clearly plague this team in 2024, uh, 2023-855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Social media at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. I'll give you my answer on that question when we do return here. Welcome. It's a Friday. It's Ryan Hickey in for JR Sport Brief. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us right here on CBS Sports Radio. It's Ryan Hickey in for JR on this Friday evening. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in to us right here on CBS Sports Radio. So the Eagles have had a very tumultuous offseason so far up to this point. Different rumors, different reports of why the season went south. Decided to still bring back Nick Sirianni. Now they moved on from their offensive and defensive coordinators, but essentially bringing the band back together. And you had today, sick and tired of right now with what's been talked about this offseason, A.J. Brown calling a WIP sports radio down in Philadelphia to set the record straight. Talk about his relationship with Jalen Hurts. Talk about how the locker room is fine. There's no drama there. And basically try to quell a lot of rumors and reports that have been circulating around the Eagles so far these last few weeks. And so I've been advocating since the end of the season, since they lost to the Buccaneers in the playoffs, that they should have fired Nick Sirianni. He's not a guy that does anything to make your team better. right? He's not an offensive or defensive play caller. He is a CEO leadership kind of guy. And while the leadership right now is missing, that is the biggest thing missing from the Eagles right now. Leadership. There is no adult in the room to get all these talented players together and get them on the same page. This happened in the season as things were spiraling out of control. Sirianni was never able to get a grip on the season before. It just was too late and, the, and they were done um, and had no chance against the Buccaneers. And now even this offseason, rumors, leaks are now still circulating, still coming out about what happened six Two months ago. And so now, for me at least, that leads or should have led Philly to moving on from their head coach and getting first and foremost a leader in the building that could get the locker room back on the same page. That's not going to happen. So now the next question is okay, if you're not going to change the coach and there was lack of leadership, there was chemistry issues. Well, do you move on from then the players? Specifically, either A.J. Brown or Jalen Hurts. My answer is hell, hell no. Not even a thought. I know Hurts had a, a down year. And I'm not trying to skirt blame. He absolutely deserves blame because he just played poorly. But I truly think a lot of his poor play is on the coaching. Equates to a lack of good coaching, a lack of creative play calls, and an inability to put players in a position to succeed. Two years ago, Shane Steichen was the one calling the plays as the Eagles go to the Super Bowl. And 
I think you just saw with with what Steichen did with the Colts, you saw how much of a loss that was. And this is a guy that had Gardner Minshew starting most of the season for the Colts, and they were in a position where if they won against the Texans in Week 18, they would have won the division. They would have had a home playoff game with a backup quarterback that started, what was it, 13? 14 of the 18 or 13 of the 17 games the Colts played in? Backup QB. Shane Seggins a really smart, creative offensive mind. And now you look back and see that 2022 season in which Jalen Hurts was the MVP runner-up. You see, oh yeah, wow. Steichen really used Hurts to perfection and got the most out of him. Hurts at times had some awful lapses in judgment. Bad decision-making. Missed the field. Looked like he was confused by the defenses at times, in which, in a way that we did not see that happen in 2022. He deserves blame for that. But I also think the coaching staff deserves blame for that. Brian Johnson was not a very good OC. By all accounts, he's a good quarterback coach. But when it comes to calling the plays, organizing and running an offense, couldn't do it. Now you bring in Kellen Moore, who. I'm not a big Kellen Moore guy, but also I won't deny the results that he has with his offense, whether it's in Dallas, before kind of the wheels fell off in L.A. Um, with all the injuries, to especially to Justin Herbert. The Chargers offense was solid. I think Hurts will have a bounce back year, and I still think he's a franchise quarterback, and I still think he is a top-five quarterback in the NFL. If you're the Eagles, Jalen Hurts is not the problem. Is he as vocal as you want him to be? Maybe not. But that's also a reason why you have A.J. Brown. I don't believe that the quarterback has to always be the vocal leader. I don't think he has to be the one yelling at everybody and kind of keeping everybody in check. I think you can have leaders throughout the offense and throughout the team that aren't exactly at, you know, premier positions, we'll say. And I think with the Eagles, they had that where Jalen Hurst is not the rah-rah, yell-in-your-face kind of guy. A.J. Brown was. And that's why I wouldn't trade A.J. Brown either. He's talented. He's still one of the best receivers in the NFL. And I think his passion comes from a good place. He was asked that about, you know, today at W uh, when he appeared on WIP. He was asked about those sideline antics, those sideline outbursts that we would see, especially the last seven, eight weeks of the season, we saw on a pretty regular basis. And I think he's right when he says those outbursts came from a good place. You see me getting upset on the sideline. And you automatically think it's about it's about targets. No, no. What if what if I'm holding my players accountable? Mm-hmm. What if what if I'm the guy that pushes everybody in the locker room, make people uncomfortable to try to better themselves for the team? What if I'm that guy? Look, we obviously don't know audio wise right, what he says when he's yelling at Jalen Hurts or other guys in the offense. It's I think it's doesn't take much common sense to think okay, well he's probably getting yelling about targets. So in one way, yes. But I do think he's also the vocal leader that you need where if Jalen Hurts is not going to be the guy to get in your face and yell at you and rattle the cage, then I think it's perfectly okay to have a guy like A.J. Brown do that. He's good enough. I think he's well-respected in that locker room. And I think he is accountable. And again, part of that comes from today, calling into a sports radio station to kind of set the record straight when no one else will do it. I think he has earned that, that right and that ability to call guys out if your quarterback doesn't. So when you look at right now the Eagles and the state of this team, where we saw them collapse the last two years, uh, the last two months of the season, excuse me, 
They just were in a complete free fall. Nothing was working offensively. Defense was a total sieve. Coaching staff had no answers. In terms of how to improve things, because this is still a very talented roster, right? This is still, for the most part, a roster that is pretty much intact from the Super Bowl run they went on now two years ago. They, to me, still are a team that has a lot of talent, and the Super Bowl window for them is still open. The question is, okay, if everything was derailed by lack of chemistry, by infighting, by lack of faith in the coaching staff, and you're bringing the head coach back, how do you fix that? How do you make sure that does not happen again in 2024? A solution is not trading Jalen Hurts and not trading A.J. Brown. I think those two guys are integral to your team in 2024. And even though there's you know a lot of attention on both of them with their relationship, with how the offense soured at the end of the year with both not playing well, I get it. But they are too valuable to give up and move on from. I wouldn't do it. Would you, though? Is that the answer in your mind for Philly? Is moving on from one of those two, either Hertz or Brown, the answer right now for Philly to get back on track? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three on Twitter. And we'll get your thoughts on that. And speaking of quarterbacks, I don't think the Eagles are in a bad spot with quarterback. I'm still a Jalen Hurts believer. I think he'll bounce back in 2024 after a bad 2023. But you talk about a team right now in the worst quarterback situation heading into 2024. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tell you why when we do return, Ryan Hickey in for JR right here on this Friday. Welcome on in to the JR Sport Brief. Ryan Hickey in for JR. All right. When it comes to... Looking ahead towards 2024. Never too early, right, to look ahead. I think the Steelers have the worst quarterback situation heading into next season. Let me explain why. It's twofold. Number one, it's partly what they have right now uh, in their quarterback room. Also, number two, it's the fact that they're not in any position of upgrading. They have Kenny Pickett, and right now Mason Rudolph is a free agent, but expected, we'll say, to be back. And right now, when you look at the Steelers, not only are those two quarterbacks not very good, um, they're also not in the business whatsoever of getting an upgrade. And there are plenty of upgrades out there. Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields. I would even call Russell Wilson an upgrade of what they got. Not the case. Steelers aren't interested. We'll tell you why here in a second, but not interested. So when I say that statement, the Steelers have the worst quarterback situation going into 2024. Tell me then who who has it worse? Who has a worse quarterback room than the Steelers do while also at the same time not actively looking for an upgrade? Panthers, I think you could argue Bryce Young will be better with the addition of Dave Canales, who worked wonders with Geno Smith two years ago and with Baker Mayfield this past season. Falcons, no quarterback, but they are a very attractive destination where whether it's the draft, free agency, a trade, you expect them to upgrade their quarterback room. They are actively searching for a guy better than Desmond Ritter. There are plenty of teams that right now don't have the guy or don't have a guy. Commanders, Bears, Patriots that look to take one in the draft and you think they're going to upgrade. 
So even if you don't have a guy, odds are your team is looking for an upgrade. They are trying for an upgrade. The Steelers not only don't have the guy, they are telling you, we don't want an upgrade. We are good. That is what makes Pittsburgh the worst quarterback situation going into 2024. Jerry Dulac, great reporter from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, was the first one that I saw have this report, that the Steelers are not looking for an upgrade. And he was on the Rich Eisen show this past week and kind of explained why the Steelers are going to try their best, even again, Kirk Cousins, free agent, Justin Fields, out there being traded. He is on the market, free for any team to make a trade for him, and the price is a second-round pick is what's being reported. Not bad. Russell Wilson looks like he's going to be cut. That's not not only an upgrade, but also a cheap upgrade. Plenty of upgrades out there, but as Jerry is about to tell you, Steelers, not interested. They're committed to Kenny Pickett. Now, let me say this. Nothing, of course, is going to surprise me. All of a sudden, they brought in Justin Fields. I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be a little mildly surprised, and I say that because they are committed to one more year with Kenny Pickett. And, and that being said, I can't imagine Justin Fields wants to go to a situation where he is not the entrenched number one quarterback. Why would he want to do that? I don't even think he'd want to go somewhere where there would be a competition. But that aside, uh, their commitment for, for this third year is Kenny Pickett. And again, he is 14-10 and 10 as a starter. You go back to the end of his rookie year to the beginning of last season. During that stretch, he was 12-5. and five. That's not bad. That's a playoff team right there. No. I don't think they're not ready to give up on Kenny Pickett. Not ready to give up on Kenny Pickett. Look, Jerry, you if you want to cite st- uh, record, you could cite record. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to cite stats. And also the eye test. You watch Kenny Pickett. He's not very good. Let's not fool ourselves here. He is not a very good quarterback. And why I know that is, the numbers back it up. You could talk about, well, from end of year one to the beginning of year two, 12 and five. Look at the Steelers' offense in the two years Kenny Pickett has been in Pittsburgh in terms of yards per game, passing yards per game, and um, points per game. This past season, the Steelers were 25th in the league in passing yards per game, 28th in points per game. Last year, Pickett's rookie year, 2022, they were 24th in passing yards per game, 26th in points per game. So both the passing yards per game and points per game categories for the Steelers got worse from Pickett going from year number one to year number two. We can talk about record. Let's talk about stats. That defense of Pittsburgh is elite. They have won them a bunch of games. Let's not sit here and pretend that, you know, Kenny Pickett has a winning record because of his doing. I just told you, they're bottom of the barrel in terms of passing the football, which in this day and age, you have to do. You can't be a bad passing team and expect to have success. And if you can't score, you're in trouble. It's a scoring league. And the Steelers are bottom of the barrel in terms of scoring offense. Two years in a row, and have gotten worse from Pickett's rookie year to, uh, to year number two. So Kenny Pickett's not good. I don't want to hear about Kenny Pickett giving him an extra year, seeing if he could be the guy. He's not the guy. We've seen two years. That is enough. He is not the guy. Let's also not, like, could we also just call a spade a spade as well? Mason Rudolph started that playoff game in Buffalo this past year for Pittsburgh. Why? 
because they benched Kenny Pickett. He was healthy enough to play. Pickett was the backup. They benched him. So the guy that they want to give another year to, the guy when there's clear and obvious upgrades available for your team to get, they instead are saying, oh, we're good on Kirk Cousins because we want to give our guy, the guy we just benched in a playoff game for Mason Rudolph, another year to show us if he could be the guy. We're not ready to close the book on Kenny. I mean, what are we doing? What more do you need to see? And if this is not, you know, if the stats alone are not damning enough, let's go ask the players. Let's see a player perspective, right? They're the ones catching the balls from Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett. They're the one playing the game with these two guys. Mike DeFabo covers the Steelers for The Athletic. He was on 93.7 The Fan, our sister station out there in Pittsburgh today. And he was talking about some of the reporting he was doing and has talked to players, specifically wide receivers, that on the record gave their preference of ra- if they would rather play with Rudolph or Pickett. Here, here, here Mike DeFabo tell you who the Pittsburgh wide receivers rather play with. After the season, um, I asked Deontay Johnson about just did Mason Rudolph surprise you in any way? And he said, no, we always knew Mason had this. And he said, I hope he gets the job. So I think that there are guys, Deontay Johnson, I think George Pickens loves the fact that he got the ball and got, you know, targeted deep. I think there are a number of guys who, if you brought back both Mason and Kenny would prefer Mason. George Pickens, I always laugh at like reading into this cryptic social media stuff, but he unfollowed Kenny Pickett on Instagram and commented, goat, 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 goat on Mason Rudolph's. Very subtle. Yes. So you know where he stands. (gasps) I mean, what more do you need to see? Your two best wide receivers saying that they like and prefer Mason Rudolph to be the starter over Kenny Pickett. And yet the Steelers are going to try to tell you we want to see one more year from Pickett. And that's why we're going to say no to Cousins, no to a Fields trade, no to even kicking the tires on Russell Wilson. Can you, again, someone name me a worse situation at quarterback right now than what Pittsburgh has? That is awful. Mason Rudolph is not Tom Brady. Mason Rudolph is not Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. I mean, I don't got to go through it here. You know what Mason Rudolph is. He's a journeyman backup. That's all he is. And the bar was set so low from how Kenny Pickett played, where in a three-game stretch, Rudolph played just above that. Enough for the Steelers to get into the playoffs. Again, not because their offense was good enough to do so. But just get the Steelers in the playoffs. And now, all of a sudden, your two best receivers are saying, yeah, I'd rather play with Mason. We're going to rock with Rudolph more than play with Pickett. (laughs) And yet, here the Steelers are trying to tell you, we're going to give, we got to see more. We got to see more. Again, I don't, you talk about being down bad. Steelers fans right now have to be down bad. I would be livid if I was a Pittsburgh fan. That is awful. Wanting to see more of Kenny Pickett. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if you had no upgrades available. right? There's sometimes the quarterback market, whether it's the draft, whether it's free agency, whether it's the trade market, it's just dead. It's a whole lot of crap. No one very good. 
Okay, that'd be understandable. There's no clear upgrade, so might as well see one more year. Can our guy figure it out with a new offensive coordinator now coming to town in Arthur Smith? But when you have a seasoned veteran like Kirk Cousins, who has also, by the way, openly talked about at the end of the year press conference in Minnesota that he is willing to take less money for the right situation, meaning if you're the Steelers, you can add Kirk to your roster and still put players around him on the offense to succeed. You're really telling me that Kenny Pickett is a better plan for next season than that? You're really telling me that taking a flyer on Justin Fields, who at least personally I still think has a lot of talent, and Jerry Dulac has reported that the Steelers are a big fan of Fields. When he was in the draft, Jerry said it on the record, that if Justin Fields was on the board when the Steelers were picking that year in the draft, they would have drafted uh, Justin Fields. So they obviously like him. Mike Talman is a thing for Fields. Now you're telling me with Fields on the market, on the trade market, that you're not going to pursue him? You're going to give Kenny one more opportunity? Even Russell Wilson. We'll get to Russell Wilson a little bit later on in the show because I think there is a obvious landing spot for him that makes sense for him, makes sense for the team. That's not being talked about whatsoever. But And it's not Pittsburgh. But if he was to go to Pittsburgh, I think he could have success. Arthur Smith runs the kind of offense that Russell Wilson would thrive in. Play action, throw the ball deep. I'm sure George Pickens and Deontay Johnson would appreciate running go routes a ton. I think Russ would be an upgrade and be better right now for the Steelers and Kenny Pickett. Three obvious and clear upgrades. All three, by the way, easy to acquire. You're not giving up a first-round pick. You're not giving up multiple first-round picks. For two of the three quarterbacks, you probably don't have to give up anything. Kirk is a free agent. And it seems by all accounts right now, Russ is about to be cut in a few weeks by the Broncos. If not, you can get him for a later round pick. So you don't need a lot, if any, draft capital to acquire these guys. And yet the Steelers are going to sit on their hands and tell you that we want to see more from Kenny Pickett. Especially, by the way, this is not a young and up, uh, up and coming team. This is not the Carolina Panthers years away from contention. This is a team right now, especially with the defense, that is built to win now. That went to the playoffs last year with Mason Rudolph at the helm down the stretch. This team is not that far away from being a threat in the the AFC. From making some noise, winning a playoff game, maybe going on a little bit of a run. You could truly sell me if Kirk Cousins goes to Pittsburgh that this team can win a playoff game next year. Justin Fields, maybe not next year. I think he still needs a little bit more development, but that's a guy where he would have the most talent offensively and defensively he's ever had. He could be put in a position to hit the ground running and have success. Like, you don't need... Like, if you're able to make the playoffs with Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph, you don't need a guy like Patrick Mahomes to come in to save your team. You need a minor upgrade. (laughs) And the Steelers are telling you, ah, we're good. No one, no other team in the NFL going into 2024 has a worse quarterback situation than the Pittsburgh Steelers. As a reminder, 
Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. If you missed any part of the show so far, Hick at Night Podcast, night spelled N-I-T-E, is where you can get the audio version. Uh, The video version can be found two places. Ready for this? Number one, Ryan Hickey is the YouTube channel where I do upload a lot of videos from this show and also throughout the week as well. But if you want to watch right now live in the moment, this show in video form, CBS Sports Radio YouTube account, we are streaming live right there. If you want to look at this ugly mug in an orange shirt, that is your place to go, CBS Sports Radio YouTube channel. When we return, the NFL Scouting Combine is set to commence next week in Indy starting on Monday. I'll give you my QB tiers for the quarterbacks in the draft. Next, it's Ryan Hickey in for JR on CBS Sports Radio. 